Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. So we are all social beings. We like to be around other people. And with that comes relationships. And with that occasionally comes some challenges, especially in a partnership, a a marriage. Who do you turn for that? Who do you talk? Who do you talk to achieve your goals and your relationship? Well, she's somebody that does personal coaching, energy cleansing, virtual yoga, and she also does couples counseling as well. She's an amazing health, life, and yoga coach, and she's back with us. Mahatma Starseed is on the program. How are you today? Many, many blessings. I'm doing fantastic today. Divine moment. Thank you for having me. Great having you back here. And it is a, it's a challenge when you're in a relationship. You know, doesn't always go exactly the way you envision it to. And with that, you got to kind of work things out. Um, people come to you on the couples coaching level for many different reasons. What what would you say, Mahatma, is some of the main reasons that uh, people are coming to you looking for, for help with their relationship? I would say the number one thing that people come to me with is communication. That is a big stigma in a lot of relationships. The number one thing that we usually disconnect with is communication. You know, it's just such a weird way for us to expect others to just like pick up on what like someone else is feeling without being expressive. We really can't understand or comprehend the dialogue someone else is having in their life without setting like clear communication boundaries. Now, I've heard recently that people who go to therapy, it's just assumed that there's a communication issue, but it's not always a communication issue. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Most of the time, what it is, is that people set expectations in their head and they go off of that story of, of how they perceive a situation should go. And when it doesn't go that way, then the communication dilemma comes into play. So essentially what really creates, uh, I would say, instability or not a solid foundation is being able to identify with what kind of relationship partner you are. Hmm, How do you mean? Well, being able to really be an adult or mindful of who you have been raised to be, what you've been exposed to, and how you decide to have that played out is really pivotal. And a lot of people go into relationships without really creating an image of, of those three eras for themselves. And so it, got, it, gets, it, it, it becomes more in the forefront in a relationship when it's in action and in modality of like, okay, this is what we're doing. The most simplest thing I could use it as an example is like when people get together, they often want to satisfy the most hugest social norm, which is like providing a child. And everybody gets real clear, I want a child, you want a child, all right, we can move forward in this relationship. However, the parts that fall off are like, okay, but how do you want to show up for this child? What in your life have you experienced that you feel is going to help you be a better parent or a more advanced parent than the previous years? And a lot of people don't know how to have that conversation. Wow. And there's so many things, I'm sure especially when it even comes to uh, finances in a relationship. 
can be the uh, the catalyst of some some challenges. I'm sure you deal with uh, with couples from time to time, right? Oh yes, the financial market <laughs> of communication is just like it is in a dungeon somewhere with like not even basement windows. <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's very little light to it, you know, and we're coming into this age now to where we're, we're opening up the, the, the most secret parts of ourselves and learning to actually talk to it ourselves before talking to others. However, the challenge is a lot of these things start coming up once we're already in the relationship. And now we have to figure out how do I speak to the dark parts of myself while still being in this loving relationship and still respect this loving relationship? Do you find that when a couple comes to you and they have challenges, it's not so much, I'm trying to um, verbalize this properly, it's not so much the issue with the relationship, it's that they actually have issues between themselves that aren't addressed and uh, it just comes out in the relationship. Yep. Yep. Our our relationships are our true reflection of ourselves. And when we start existing and the other person is there, they're in our comfort zone. They feel comfortable to tell us about ourselves. And it's so funny. I was watching a com- comedy uh, tour with Amy Schumacher, and she was talking about how a friend, an intimate, close friends of her, felt really comfortable to mention an insecurity about herself as if she was already okay with it. And when you have a, a life partner, they're going to feel comfortable to do that absolutely all of the time because in their head, you signed up to be intimate, open, and raw. And mm. if, it's not, if it's not playing like that in, in both sides of the party, things start getting uh, more tumultuous because people uh, start judging their own selves because they see that someone else is identifying where they could pick up more of their behavior. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Do you find too, that it's a lot of times stuff that people dealt with in their childhood that uh, surfaces in the relationship? Like, I don't want to use, I don't, it's, it's overused, but I, I see it within friends, like a woman having call it daddy issues where, you know, things were unresolved between she and her father. And now that's coming to light within the uh, within her marriage. Oh, for sure, exactly. It, it, overall, you know, we all have this story that we're seeking to connect with, with who am I really? You know, who am I really? And where is this who I am taking me? And when that story isn't clear, you know, it plays out in the different functionalities of our life. And ultimately, a majority of people have, a disconnect with where they become disconnected with who they are. And so a lot of that happens in childhood. A lot of it happens with how the, the parent is, is speaking to the child. Because for me, I'm a parent, and I think about the exposure that I give to my children and what I want my children to be willing to experience. And so if we insist that our children be quiet, not share their feelings about certain things because they're they're not in the right place to. When they get older, they, they're programmed to listen to that because it's coming from a parental figure. Mm. And so it's very easy for them to feel comfortable with someone that feels comfortable telling them that similar information. And boom, there goes some daddy issues because they haven't 
learn to understand what they were actually being taught, which was to, like, just listen to what someone's saying to you and learn how to balance that. But I feel like as a society, we just haven't been giving balancing skills. We've been giving coping skills, and and that is where a lot of people are right now are starting to relinquish, and there's this whole divide of how can I move forward if my partner, if my intimate partner is not moving forward with me. Well, there's, I think, I think you just identified a whole other situation there where <laughs> for sure. Um, I've heard that we evaluate our lives every five years. We take a look at them. Hmm, what's going on with me? You know, you might not even know you're doing it, but you just do it. You take inventory of your life. And when they call it the seven year itch, I don't know if you've ever heard that before. <laughs> right. Um, I've, I've, I've heard or you know, seen even experienced after five years you evaluate, but it takes you two years to really act on it and then yeah. add it together. And you have the seven year itch. It seems reasonable to me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, but kind of, kind of there it is. Um, do you think that that's a big challenge too? Where two couple, uh, two people in a, in, in a relationship, uh, they're growing at different different rates and one may outgrow the other one. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's a big challenge for this world. And so the other thing I want to be able to encourage is, is redefining what is couples counseling or coaching really need to look like. And it could look like anyone that wants to couple with you in your significant life that wants to transform with you. You know, it's okay for us to have partners that don't want to transform, uh, there's obviously there's a limit and an extent that we're willing to go. Uh, I am an advocate of helping people to figure it out because if you've got to a place that you want it to be together, you just got to figure out how to keep getting to that place and putting less attention on the other place. But in order for someone to be like right there in the middle helping you to stay in the middle and let them know like, hey, you're going left base now and, and your point that you are trying to make is going to get washed up because you're not staying focused. And that's the dilemma for a lot of us. But again, it goes back to having those balancing skills and, and, and that just isn't like something that's like prevalent across the world that we've received. Interesting. So how does the process work, Mahatma? They come to you. Is it, um, is it the couple comes to you typically? Does one... One half of the couple will come to you, and then, you know, next next question can't ignore it. Um, <laughs> when when one member of the uh, of the couple isn't really feeling the the, the counseling thing. Well, you know, it, it happens on many many realms. Sometimes I'm counseling half of the the coupleage, and it it becomes a little bit more challenging for the person, but it's totally doable. Uh, when typically when someone is coming for the coupleage, it's usually just the one person. You know, uh, the other person may or may not know uh, they have access to it. And I've had people come with two couples together, but still it was the one that came in first. And the other one was like, yeah, like, let's do this. <laughs> and then they went together. But they still are, you're still always going to move at a different pace, you know, because the way we expand um, is different because some of us sit in our feminine energy and some of us sit in our masculine energy. And that's no reference to guy or female. It's just what energy you're typically sitting in. And so if you're sitting in one side more than the other, that's the only reason why there's a difference of swaying. But if someone can learn how to sit in 
the middle of their feminine and masculine energy, then you can start really like picking up the pace and picking up the speed. Well, you know, I love I love what you're saying there. The the feminine and uh, masculine energy, we all have it. We have different degrees. How does that affect the relationship? Well, it could make or break it. <laughs> and okay, and and I got you on that. And what about down the road in the relationship? How does that change? You know, they two people meet each other, things are all working out great. Number of years go by. Now we have a challenge. How did, does it, does the, the, the feminine and masculine energy come into play sometimes later in the relationship? Yeah. When we start doing, I like to call it transactions with each other, is when that dynamic really comes more into the forefront, more into the play. And because, like, before you're in a relationship or in a coupleship, you're making a lot of decisions on your own. You're deciding to use as however much gas you want. You're deciding to um, rent at whatever kind of hotel you want or apartment. And then when you get into this coupleship, now it's like, all right, now you have to put that person's choices in alignment with your choices and make some compromise if needed, you know, or identify like, oh, wow, I don't have to change much here. We're in the same spending habit pattern, and we can continue. And so oftentimes the easier method could be just as um, up, up-leveling as uh, the, the, the disconnect because when we're in a peasing situation, it's super easy. We may not be looking at things that are going to really stumble us around, along like down the road, such as if we both have a high spending habit and no one's stopping to say, hey, what are we spending on? Like two of those, those two people could end up in a very harsh financial situation because no one's putting the brake and saying, hey, let's, let's not go to dinner five times a week. Let's just do it two times. And so that can create a problem. And so the, a, a relationship like that could be like they're both leading in their masculine and they just want to keep being who they want to be and they don't really dive into their feminine and really ask some questions, um, reorganize themselves, and, like, readjust to this entanglement of those behaviors. So I've, I really want your your feedback on this, and this has come up from time to time uh, among friends as a, a call-it-a-friendly debate. Mm-hmm. Should couples have separate checking accounts, or should it just be all commingled into one? What are your feelings on that? And again, every couple is different, but what are your what are your first thoughts when somebody even says something like that to you? You know, for me, I feel like unification is everything, and unifying what you're going to accept is the most important thing. For it to be really functional, I feel like we should have individual and joint, you know? We should never want to put all of our power into one pot, but we should allow ourselves to to include our power into a single pot. Okay. Um, I agree with you. I, I And I always have. Um, having gone through divorce, might think, might rethink that. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if you're in it, you're in it. And you're in it together. And whether you take money out of your one account and put it into, you know, the joint, it's still, it's still together money. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like if you're paying the rent, you're paying the bills and all of that. Uh, it's kind of funny because I have really good friends that have, they're married like 15 years and they have separate accounts. 
And I'm like, uh, okay. And, and her, her point is, well, if you pull it all together and you buy them a gift, it's like they're buying a gift for themselves anyway. I'm like, what? <laughs> Everybody's got a different take on it. Right. Um, yeah. Right. But I guess whatever works for you, but I don't know with the, with the separate accounts, it's almost like there's a, it's a trust issue. Sounds like a trust issue. And you know, that's something that needs to come up. You know, trust is an issue for so many of us and it's being able to identify that where is the trust issue really coming from? Where is it stemming from? And, you know, because a lot of times those kind of things are, uh, I call them general public meeting in my intimate space zone. And do they really belong there? Because at the end of the day, the point of being in relationship and union with someone is to feel comfortable and free enough to be the person that you desire and deserve to be. And your counterpart should be able to grant that wish because they wouldn't want to cage you. A relationship shouldn't feel caged. And so if someone's truth comes out and says, well, you know what, I love the joint a bank account idea, and I really want to be able to, I want you to know I'm holding a second bank account that's just, like, individual for me. And we should feel comfortable to say, like, hey, why do you want to do that? Some people want to be able to be um, secretly uh, saving money to where they can surprise the other person and be like, hey, I've saved up this money for you to get that car you've been dreaming of. I didn't put it in the joint account because I didn't want you to, to to see what I was, like, fixating on and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, are you doing these separate things to create, like, destructive separation or are you creating separation to create creative separation? Things that we can have fun about. You know, there's no need to hide anymore the, who, the facets of who we are being, this is what's coming into the, the everyday life with this new norm. Now it is, can you handle who I would like to be and how can I help you feel comfortable that with that without jeopardizing what feels right for me? So I, I got to ask this question because we're talking about couples counseling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Infidelity. So when we've run into that kind of situation and, and you're not a therapist. We're, we're talking about coaching, moving you forward in, yeah. in a relationship. Uh, that's a big one. Uh, have you ever dealt with uh, challenges like that? Oh man, you know, <laughs> um, polygamy is becoming a very big conversation right now. And you know, you're right. I agree with you. I'm hearing that more and more. It's kind of like, really? Okay. I mean, I don't judge whatever's good for you, but right. you're right. Like, <laughs> you're right. My thing is, is like, I only believe in multiple relationships. It, as long as you're able to fully respect number one relationship and number two relationship to the equal, like equality and no one feels burdened. Okay. Like it, you have, like the energy has, to match. I say to people, oh. if you're not bringing value into my life, why are you here? I agree. And it's, it's interesting in my journey, you know, leaving relationships, et cetera, a friend of mine who, who is a therapist, I've known her since I've literally since I was 17 and she, we hardly ever talk to each other. We just text all the time. Um, but I told her after that relationship was ending, I'm like, but I, and this was you know, early in the stage. I'm like, but there, you know, 
my ex's family was my family. And it's like, now they're not there anymore. And she says to me, yeah, because they no longer serve you. And when I heard that, it was like, oh, wow, that's, it sounds almost kind of pompous. But then when you think about it, they don't, they don't serve your life anymore. And sometimes you, I think we just need to realize that. Yeah. And you know, energy never dies. Yep. It just goes in another direction. And so freeing someone from a situation isn't really hurting them, but your thoughts towards it could. Hmm. Say that last part, but your thoughts toward it. Your your thoughts towards separation can hurt someone more than the separation. By energetically, we're talking. Energetically, yeah. You know, a lot of us don't really realize that our thoughts move us forward faster than our body. And so when you wish someone away, we must, be mindful of like, are we wishing them away in a positive modality or in a forceful modality? Because that really can abrupt someone's life and even your own, because we don't know if there's space for you to move away or if there's space for the other person to move away. And the universe will grant thy wish immediately. (laughs) And a a lot of people be like, I don't understand why I just lost this job. Well, you losing this job makes you have to find another route to your life a whole new schedule to move forward in and that requires you to not think about the separation of a a relationship it's um it's like when one door and it's a cliche when one door closes the other one opens and unless you fully close the door you can't get to the you can't get to the next door uh do you feel that way oh yeah definitely Mm. definitely i like to call it um because you know we're in the world of uh, Marvel verse, the Marvel verse, and so being able to understand this stuff, the quantum realm portals, you know, being able to hop through portals, like have you, if you ever watch Star Trek, do you see them like jumping through multiple portals at one time? And they'll say like, we can't be hopping through portals like this. It's gonna, it's gonna drain our energetic system. And so it's the same thing. Like we can't hop back and forth through different styles of our life, like people that keep going back and forth in short amount of time of breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting back together. That's very exhausting. Completely. Uh, a lot of good stuff we're talking about today. If somebody is is feeling that, yeah, it's time to um, confront the elephant in the room and have their, or maybe it's just a happy situation. Listen, we really need to uh, work this out. How do they connect with you, and how does the process work? Uh, you can definitely, when you go onto my link tree, you'll see my session for couples coaching. Mostly all of my services that have multiple sessions, I offer you to put a deposit down towards moving into the session, and we'll get you ready from there. Every session always has well, every package always has a built-in discovery session because we can't just hop into fixing you <laughs> without understanding truly what needs to be fixed. So all sessions that you sign up for with me, they're always going to be built in with a discovery session. Gotcha. Yeah, it's so important. And you know what? If you're even pondering the fact that you might need couples counseling you, you you needed it a long time ago. <laughs> so get on that with uh, Mahatma. Um, again, your link tree, best way to find you, what is that? Elite M411. Got it. Uh, Mahatma, great talking with you. And uh, 
so important, the stuff that we uh, we hit up today, because a lot of people do want to ignore it because it's uh, it can be uncomfortable. Uh, for many, even you know, looking at coaching can be individual coaching. You know, if, if it's new territory, it can be a little uncomfortable, but certainly even more so when you bring somebody along with you in the couple's uh, arena, but so important, you know, for, for your life to be healthy and also in your relationship. Uh, and I appreciate you being here today. Really do. Yeah. Thank you. And I just want to add with one note, I've, I've been in the therapy chair. I've obviously been in the coaching chair. I'm an advocate for it. And for those who are actually really ready to just talk about it and you're hesitant, just know that talking to a therapist or a coach, you're going to feel some relief because you're in the you're in the ready mind state already. So getting there, you're going to feel like instant relief just being able to express yourself in a safe space. It is so true. So. It really is. It's like the plane is on the runway. Your plane is on the runway. It's ready to take off to some mm-hmm. good stuff uh, yeah. with, with the help of a, uh, a coach like you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And I look forward to next time we get... Yes, thank you. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.